A bunch of games were announced this week by their PR departments, and one was announced by a hacker. Plus, EVGA is getting out of the GPU business. Tonight is September 18th, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so love, you would say uh, even if... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. Nobody leaked tonight's show roll except me right there on the left side of the screen. It's right there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a not-leaked edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on Twitch, thank you so much. Welcome. We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel. That is twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Come join us uh, and interact with us throughout the show. I'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night, and uh, and you can uh, you can get the podcast leaked to you by watching it live, uh, and uh, because because all we do is is have the hogwash tonight. Uh, there's a lot to get to, but we do understand this is a podcast. We love the podcast listeners as well. If you want to interact with the show during the week, uh, we do have a Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. That is where we are throughout the week, and uh, you can uh, come interact with the show there, uh, and I might be reading your comments and, and your reactions to certain things uh, from there. We do post a lot of these news stories in the Discord server, and I do actually pull from some of those comments from people who can't be here on Sunday nights who uh, have a little more insight into the situation than we have right now. Um, so uh, so let's just get right into it because uh, because uh, there's a lot to talk about because a lot of news came out this week that was supposed to come out. And then like at two in the morning this morning, uh, more news came out that we absolutely want to talk about, uh, talk about. But first I want to talk about, uh, there were a lot of, uh, like, uh, there were a lot of direct to consumer announcements this week. Nintendo had a direct Sony had a state of play. Uh, Sega had like just a, uh, Ryuga Gotaku, uh, direct, um, there, there were, there was a Konami thing. I, I don't, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, all right. So the first thing I want to talk about is a, a series that I, I wish I could say was near to dear in my heart, but it's only been near and dear to my heart for a, a quite, for a little bit of time. I, I only really discovered it about two years ago. Let's talk about the Yakuza series. Uh, so the Yakuza series, we knew there was going to be a new game in the Yakuza, Yakuza line of series, uh, except there's not because Yakuza is dead. There is no more Yakuza. Uh, the game that is coming out is being called Like a Dragon. Now, here's the thing. Uh, like a Dragon, that is the actual name of the game in Japan. It is called Ryuga Gotaku, and uh, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. I apologize. Uh, Ryuga Gotaku. I don't, I, sorry, I unfortunately didn't, uh, didn't practice it. But uh, that is Like a Dragon in English. Uh, that that's what it translates to what happened in 2005 when the first game came out uh, when they were localizing it for the American release on um, for, uh, for for PS2 
uh, they uh, they said, well, you know, crime family dramas are 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 all the rage right now. Saints Row had just come out. Uh, True Crime Streets of L.A. just came out. So they wanted a title that gripped that and and, and took that and and, and made that uh, something that could be put on the front of the box. So they put Yakuza. So it's a game about the Yakuza. When uh, it's really not about the Yakuza. It was always about Kiryu, uh, who was a part of the Yakuza. But now, like, Kiryu's not part of the Yakuza anymore. Ichiban, who was the, uh, the protagonist in Yakuza Like a Dragon... Uh, he's not in the Yakuza anymore. So really, the Yakuza aren't really involved anymore. So they decided to change the name in, in the West to be identical to the name where the series has always been called in Japan. Uh, and also, they realized nobody can pronounce Yakuza correctly. Just like I can't pronounce the actual Japanese term for Like a Dragon. Nobody here can pronounce Yakuza, like, uh, Yakuza correctly. Some people say Yakuza. Some people say Yakuza which I said that for, like, years and years and years, and I had to train myself. Uh, but now I can just say it's like a dragon. Uh, so they're they're changing the name to that. Also, uh, there was, a like they said, uh, uh, one of the localization people was like, I don't know how we could be more clear. And in chapter 12 of Yakuza Like a Dragon is literally called the end of Yakuza. Not the end of the Yakuza. It's the end of Yakuza. And that was apparently when the Yakuza series ended. So they're coming out with Like a Dragon 8, which is going to be another turn-based battle system like uh, what Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is Like a Dragon 7. Uh, they're also coming out with uh, Like a Dragon Ishin, which is a port of a Jap... Or it's a release in the West of something that only came out in Japan where it's like all the same characters but different. Uh, you can tell which character is which, and they're like in 18th century Japan instead of 21st century Japan. It's an action game like the first six Yakuza's. And then uh, Like a Dragon Gaiden, which is Kiryu's path from Yakuza 6 to Like a Dragon 8 because he is the other protagonist in Like a Dragon 8. They actually show him walking down the streets of Kemurocho with Ichiban. So uh, they're, they're really ramping up the Like a Dragon stuff, and I'm really uh, I'm glad I was able to discover it. Uh, a couple, uh, two years ago, it really was uh, Like a Dragon, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and Yakuza Zero is really what put the game series on the map here in, in the West because the first Yakuza flopped. It, it the the voice acting was was bad, even though Mark Hamill was in it. Uh, but it was just it was not uh it was not really uh well received, and so it kind of lived under the radar until Yakuza Zero and then Like a Dragon. So, um, so, so yeah, so it's, it's like a dragon eight's coming. A bunch of other like a dragon stuff is, is coming. Mike Dev asked, will Rob Roberts actually finish like a dragon seven though? I, I hope so. I keep telling him, I keep telling him, um, Zen monkey 11 says, I like the fact it ended. It makes me want to play all the games now since I know I won't be in a never ending buying cycle. And that what he's talking about is that the Kiryu saga, which is uh, Kiryu was the original protagonist. Uh, that saga has ended. Now, Kiryu still shows up, and Like a Dragon 8's trailer actually showed a reformed new Kiryu, uh, but it's it's Ichiban's story now. Uh, so, yes, you have uh, seven games uh, to, to go through Kiryu's story, uh, and, and they're wonderful, and they're all on Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, uh, you can get them. Uh, and... Uh, and they are a lot of fun. Uh, essentially, if you don't know what the series is, after me talking about it a lot, uh, imagine a very gripping, very well-told uh, Japanese crime family drama 
continually interrupted by an episode of The Simpsons. That's Yakuza. Or Yakuza Like a Dragon specifically, it's uh, Imagine Dragon Quest, because that's actually what it's referencing as Dragon Quest, but also Final Fantasy. Imagine a turn-based RPG like Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest, except it's filled with uh, middle-aged Japanese people in their 40s, in modern times. That's what it is. So yes, Tiger Claw says there's Like a Dragon set in feudal Japan as well. That's Ishin. It's been out for years, but has never been brought over officially to the West. So uh, yes. And uh, Fistream says it's cool when uh, when Yakuza, or Like a Dragon now, uh, throws in little sci-fi and fantasy sections. Yes, it, it is cool. So it's a fun game. Uh, also, if you're a PC player, Judgment and Lost Judgment, which are in the same universe as Like a Dragon and Yakuza, but Like a Dragon... Uh, they were console only. They dropped on PC just yesterday or the day before, whenever that announcement was. And they're like, by the way, it's here, which means they had them the whole time. Now, why weren't they there before? Well, the way that I understand it uh, is that the actor, the the actor that does the the performance capture and the, the, the facial, like the, the body, the 3D model, he's a very famous actor in Japan. And his agency was very, very... Uh, controlling over his image and they didn't want anybody changing that image which is why they would not let the game be put on pc because people could mod it and have the actor do things that the actor shouldn't do the way that i understand it based on unsubstantiated tweets is that the person who owned that agency died and the new management of that agency is not as controlling so sega was now able to put out the games on pc because they don't control his likeness as as uh much as they used to. So uh, that that's why Judgment and Lost Judgment, which Sega has been pro- apparently been waiting for this guy to die, because that was pretty quick. They were they probably been sitting on those PC ports for years, and the the the, the guy dies. They work out a deal with the new management, and they're able to now put this out on PC, and he's able to make more money. So uh, everybody wins. So. Uh, that's the Like a Dragon news. Uh, Nintendo had had a direct. They 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 had a lot of things about farming. I played Harvestella. I played that demo. Probably not going to play any more of it. Thank you for having the demo, so I don't actually sit here and think that I may want that game. But I will tell you the game that that I was looking forward to the most. And, and the way I'm going to do this is I'm going to show you my 3DS. So I'm actually holding up my 3DS. It's the Super Nintendo 3DS XL. Uh, It looks like a Super Nintendo, and I haven't pulled this thing out in a long, long time. Uh, It's been kind of sitting. It it probably has no charge. I need to charge it up or anything. But let's see what game is sitting inside the 3DS. What was the last game? Oh, look, it is Theatrhythm Curtain Call. Why is that the game that is always in my 3DS? Because it's my favorite game on the 3DS. It is a rhythm game with Final Fantasy tunes. Uh, and it's it's something I sit and then I wind up playing it for hours every time I pull this back out because I'm like, man, I love Theatrhythm. And uh, I am excited that uh, we're finally getting an actual Theatrhythm for current consoles. Uh, I was hoping that there would be a Kingdom Hearts Theatrhythm, but they made that uh, melody, uh, my, melody of my, that melody game, which it was supposed to be a Theatrhythm game, but the creator... He, but Nomura was like, I want to do something different. 
I want to make it more Kingdom Heartsy, and I didn't like it as much. I wanted Theatrhythm. And so now we get Melody, uh, it was Melody of Mediocrity. Yes, Melody of Memories or Mom. Uh, that, that That's what that game was. I, I rented it from Gamefly. But now we get an actual Theatrhythm on the, on, uh, and I believe it's even on other platforms, like it's on Switch and PS4. So a lot of people saw it in the Nintendo Direct, so you think it's a Switch title. Uh, it is a Switch title, but it's also on the PlayStation 4. So uh, you can get it there, which also means you can play it on your PS5. Uh, but this will have uh, like 300 songs or 400 songs what, from, from Final Fantasy and other Square Enix games. Uh, I'm... Uh, I'm and Mike Def says I hope they expand on the Enix side of games with this new game. They're going to add more DLC. I'm actually going to be that person. That's the problem. I'm going to buy that $100 super deluxe edition that has like all the songs. I'm going to be that person for this. It's going to have like they've they've got a season pass, all the DLC. Uh, I I am going to be the problem. You can yell at me. Uh, I don't do that often, but um, th- for this game, I'm actually going to be doing it. And I'm actually going to be getting it on Switch because it's something that I play. It's a game that, like, on the 3DS, it's what I would play on airplanes, is I would just sit there and play Theatrhythm on, on airplanes. Uh, and so this will be the game on my Switch that I will play, you know, in handheld mode on an airplane. I don't need to play it. Uh, it's actually kind of hard to play rhythm games on the setup where I actually have my PS5. Uh, because that's a big, you know, home theater projector. So timing's kind of hard. And also seeing more of the screen is kind of hard. So uh, so I'm going to be getting this on Switch so I can enjoy it wherever I want. Uh, and S. Jared Matt says, so Crazy Chocobo when? Never. Crazy Chocobo is in the 3DS version. And I have played it. And I hope to never, ever play it again. Mike Deft is also the problem. He's already pre- uh, pre-ordered the physical version. So we are both the problem together. And uh, But uh, I am I am super excited for Theatrhythm. I'm glad we're getting Theatrhythm. Uh, it is, uh, there's going to be some online multiplayer, which I will lose in. There's going to be local multiplayer, which I will lose in. But you know what? I'm going to have fun. So... Uh, I, I love Theatrhythm. I actually have both 3DS versions of Theatrhythm because they had th- Theatrhythm and then Theatrhythm Curtain Call. I have Curtain Call here. So, um, yeah. And uh, Rob Roberts is also, says, also ready to be a problem just deciding what console. I, like I said, I'm, I'm doing it on Switch myself so I can have it wherever I want. And uh, that, that's, so that was like the game that, uh, that uh, a lot of people in the Nintendo Direct were, were really excited about. Uh, we're going to talk about another game that's going to be coming out uh, in a second. But I also do want to say, while we're here, I want to thank you all. I want to thank everybody out there because I am touched. I am honored that um, you would already be telling me how you are going to be uh, celebrating the uh, anniversary of my 29th birthday in 2023. Uh, people have already said they're going to be ca- calling out sick from work. They're going to be skipping school just to celebrate my birthday and the anniversary of my 29th birthday. Uh, People are are already talking about and making plans for that. Now, I understand that people are going to say, oh, it's because that's when Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom comes out. you, You can say that all you want, but I know. I know in my heart 
that uh, you're really doing it to celebrate my anniversary on that day in 2023. So uh, thank you. I am touched. Uh, I am not really that interested in the Zelda series. I'm one of those people that was like, yeah, Breath of the Wild was okay. I didn't play it for that long. I didn't enjoy it. It didn't, but, but it's great for other people and it's going to be a great speed run game. It's going to, it's going to be great. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're, uh, going to be celebrating the anniversary of my 29th birthday, uh, on the day that it comes out. And I thank you so that, you know, spe- celebrate my special day with a midnight release. Yes. Um, so thank you so much. Because of some of the the uh, the, the way the way this network started and the sh- other shows on the network, Konami, uh, everybody has a love hate relationship with Konami on this network. So we're going to talk about Sui Coden because we never thought we were going to see a Sui Coden, did we? Well, guess what? Uh, Sui Coden one and two are being remastered. Uh, it's now here's the thing: uh, th- these are amazing JRPGs. They were on the PlayStation One. Uh, during the heyday of JRPGs uh, on the PlayStation 1. Uh, and so I guess they're so scared of Ayudin Chronicles coming out that they're re-releasing and remaking and doing a remaster of Suicoden 1 and 2. It is uh, coming to PS4, Xbox One, Steam, and Switch. Uh, Orange Wright says it's a tolerate-hate relationship. Okay, I can see that. Uh, I mean, at least this is not a slot machine. But... Uh, it, it's they they announced it is coming out next year, so you can finally play Sui Coden One and Two uh, on your modern consoles or on your PC. And uh, I, one thing that uh, was noticed is that this is at, seems like it's being done in house. Like, so this is not a digital Eclipse remaster. So some people are kind of already kind of iffy on it, but all we've seen is this trailer. So. Uh, Mike Daff says, I don't think they're scared. They're taking advantage of the Ayodin Chronicles train. Uh, so, I mean, I, and you know what? That's that's wonderful because these were great games. Other people need to be able to experience them, and they're very hard to experience right now, and this is just going to make it easier for them to experience it. Um, and, uh, you know, Questbuster says, they're awesome games. Just trying to collect all 108 heroes is a challenge. You don't need to get them all, but it's fun. Uh, I never did get them all. I do have, I have Suicoden 1 and 3. Uh, I do not own two, but I do have one. I do have three. And uh, people who are watching on Twitch um, can actually see the boxes behind me. This one's going to be interesting to see people get back into it. And uh, more people are going to be able to uh, experience it. And, uh, you know, kind of like how I felt with Chrono Cross. Like, I was glad that other people could experience Chrono Cross. S. Matt says, I got into the series at three. I kind of wish that was remade as well. But obviously, that's a harder task. So, uh, Sui Coden coming out next year, and you can finally play it. PS4, Xbox One, Steam, and Nintendo Switch. No slot machines, as far as we know. Now, let's talk about something that uh, that was announced on the Nintendo Direct, and, and it's, it's coming to Xbox as well. And you're going to be so disappointed. You think you're not going to be disappointed. I have so many people, friends, who are so excited about this. And I don't think they realize how poorly this game aged. You do not understand how poorly this game aged. Have you tried to play this game recently? Talking about GoldenEye. Somehow they got all the rights holders to work together to have the original N64 GoldenEye come out 
for the Nintendo Switch on the Switch expansion pass for uh, the N64 booster pack, whatever. And on Xbox Game Pass because it's a Rare game and Microsoft owns Rare. Everybody's like all excited about this and they, they want this game. And I'm like, you, you do realize it's like terrible to play because the control scheme for GoldenEye was actually terrible. We just didn't know it at the time because it was all we had. When Halo showed up, it actually defined how we control first-person shooters on a console with a console controller. But GoldenEye predated that. And so once we all got used to that, you try to go back to GoldenEye, and it's it's really difficult. There's another thing going on with GoldenEye. Uh, it's an, it's about multiplayer. So GoldenEye was an N64 game. We didn't have online gaming uh, on consoles yet. The Dreamcast was still two years away. Uh, so we didn't have it yet. We had it on PC only. And uh, you're going to be able to play online on the Switch, but not on the Xbox. Windows Central reports that uh, the rumored GoldenEye 007 remaster has been officially confirmed for release in the Nintendo Direct. Rare has made a statement on Twitter revealing it will come to Xbox Game Pass as part of Rare Replay. What I'm wondering, though, is what if you bought Rare Replay? Because Rare Replay was like its own uh, separate game before Game Pass. I bought it back then, and it had like a lot of the Xbox 360 games, but then it also had a bunch of games that that were from the SNES and the N64 era that they put in Rare Replay. So is it actually in Rare Replay? So if you've already bought Rare Replay, do you get GoldenEye, or is it a separate uh, transaction? That I don't know. The remaster will include improved graphics and split-screen local multiplayer, but no online multiplayer for the Xbox release. Um, Rare has confirmed the arrival of the GoldenEye 007 remaster. Uh, so uh, the remaster will feature improved graphics, boosted frame rate, and a native 16x9 4K resolution on Xbox. Local split-screen multiplayer will also be a feature for up to four players, but so far, online multiplayer has only been announced for the Nintendo release. Online multiplayer on Nintendo Switch Online is a system-level feature, allowing any classic game from the N64 library that had multiplayer features to work online via virtualized emulation. So they're not having it on the on Xbox because they're not trying to redo a lot of the game. Nintendo, it's offered at the system level. That's why you're getting the online, because it's part of the N64 expansion pack. It's part of the N64 app that you get if you have the Nintendo Switch Online uh, expansion pack. And it's going to be in there. And all of those, all of the, like the NES, the SNES, you can play all those games online. If it had multiplayer, you can play it online. Uh, so it's already there. So all they have to do is dump the ROM in there and it just works. Uh, they probably do a little bit of tweaking possibly if they need to, but, but for the most part, it's going to just work. Um, Xbox, they would have to actually just build the multiplayer from scratch and essentially kind of hack the multiplayer into the ROM. And they're already hacking in the graphics, uh, and the updated textures and, and stuff like that. Um, and I think doing the multiplayer and having to test the multiplayer, because it is not easy to make a multiplayer game, especially a high-paced shooter like that, and make it work well, it is not easy. It is, you can't just go to, to Unity and go into a drop-down and say, uh, make this online and check the box and compile it and go. You can't do that. Uh, I know people think you can, but you actually can't. It's actually really difficult to do, uh, which is why not many games do online multiplayer well. 
Uh, Microsoft spokesperson reached out and uh, said that it will not feature online play in Xbox. So the spokesperson said, quote, Xbox is exciting to, to bring GoldenEye 007 to Xbox Game Pass for the very first time, a faithful recreation of a much-loved and iconic title. While there are no plans to include online multiplayer as part of GoldenEye 007 on Xbox Game Pass, Xbox is focused on bringing this title to players in the way they fondly remember, including local multiplayer mode, allowing up to four players to take the couch in a battle of wits and skill, unquote, and a battle of being odd job or not being odd job. Uh, Questbuster says there was a fan project for a PC revival of GoldenEye, which only got as far as a multiplayer test, which was actually pretty fun, but it didn't get much farther than that. They wanted to revamp the campaign too. See what they found out. What what they found out is the first part of game development is fun. That's fun to do. It's the last part that's tedious and boring and stressful and you hate it and you just want to do anything else. So that's why when you get a fan project, like they probably didn't get a cease and desist, but once they got to the point of, okay, we've already done the fun part, then they're like, eh, there's, there's a new series. There's a new stranger things series that dropped on. Netflix. I'm going to go do that. That's more fun than chasing bugs in this game. S. Jaron Matt says, split-screen multiplayer is rough to look at now on new TVs. That's why on the Xbox, when they've got it up, you know, got all the upgraded textures and upscale textures, it'll be fine. Uh, but trying to play that, the N64, because uh, they just, they, it's going to be, say, at the same N64 low resolution, just blown up, uh, you, that's going to look a little rough. So that's the uh, games that were supposed to be announced. That's the game everybody hoped to announce. Uh, there was a hacker that had a different different uh, idea and also announced stuff, which we already knew was coming. Uh, but we've actually now seen more of it. Uh, I am not going to be running any video of this. Uh, there are DMCA takedowns flying everywhere for this. But somebody was asking earlier, is this real? Yes, it is real. This is this actually happened. Uh, I feel for the developers that have to go through this. Polygon reports that in an unprecedented leak, more than 90 videos of the in-development Grand Theft Auto 6 have surfaced online. The leaker posted the videos on GTA forums under the name Teapot Uber Hacker. They claim to have accessed them directly from Rockstar Games' internal Slack. The videos show robberies, gunplay, open-world driving, and conversations with full voice acting. The footage appears to confirm a report from Bloomberg's Jason Schur, who's currently on paternity leave, and is like, please don't announce anything when I'm gone, and then all this happened this week. Uh, that the game would be set in a fictionalized Miami, possibly the Vice City of GTA lore, and feature a female playable character. The game is clearly in development with debug programming elements visible on screen, but has many working features. Right from the start, there was little doubt over the authenticity of the videos. They were of a scale and detail that would be next to impossible to fake. Schurer subsequently wrote on Twitter that Rockstar Source had confirmed to him that the leak of early and unfinished footage was real and said that the scenario was a nightmare for Rockstar. At the time of the writing, which was earlier today, the videos are still available to download from links in the original post on GTA forums, although Rockstar's parent company, Take-Two Interactive, has started to issue copyright claims against videos on YouTube and social media networks in order to remove them from view, hence why we're not running them here on the show. Uh, last week's show got muted because I played a parody of a song about Dragon Con, 
And uh, they were like, ha ha, you're playing a Katy Perry song. I'm like, that's not Katy Perry's song, but they muted it anyway. So we're not going to get muted. We're not going to get taken down on this. Uh, the videos have been so widely distributed already that Take-Two's lawyers are maybe fighting a losing battle and trying to scrub them from the internet. In total, there were about 50 minutes worth of footage. Many of the clips are very brief. One of the longer videos, about three minutes long, shows the female player character robbing a diner, threatening staff and customers who react in fear of having a gun pulled on them. Then she and her male accomplice get in a shootout with police before jumping in the police patrol and driving off. The graphical treatment is quite realistic, but still consistent with the GTA house style. The words Vice City can be seen in some clips. At, at one point, uh, the female character enters a strip club filled with a dense crowd. Uh, further videos show shooting and conversation systems. The leaker said it was possible that they would release the source code of GTA 5 and GTA 6 and even a test build of GTA 6. On the forums, they took questions relating to the source code and appeared to share legally sensitive information relating to an ongoing court case over cheat mods for GTA Online. And I believe, actually, he did release one file of source code of GTA 6 as well. Uh, even if the leaker does not follow through and release source code or a playable build, this is still a highly damaging leak for Rockstar on a scale that has seldom, if ever, been seen. Rockstar only confirmed earlier this year that GTA 6 was in active development. The Bloomberg report, uh, report claimed work on the game had begun in 2014 after GTA 5's release, but that progress was slow and GTA 6 was unlikely to see release before 2024. Changes in company culture at Rockstar are said to have reduced overtime for developers and changed the tone of the game itself with humor that is less likely to punch down at marginalized groups. So uh, some people are claiming that's why it happened is that last part where no longer they're going to punch down at marginalized groups because that's what Grand Theft Auto was doing before. They're like, oh, Grand Theft Auto's going woke, and so you know they, they deserve everything they get. Um, that's not why this person hacked, because the same person who hacked this, uh, hacked Rockstar, hacked Uber a couple days earlier. Um, so, you know, and, and the last thing that, that we've heard from, from this hacker, they, 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 they had a new message that uh they they posted to GTA forums and so we're going to we're going to have a, a reading this this is what the hacker uh teapot uber hacker had to say uh the, after uh, he released everything overnight okay so this has gone unexpectedly viral woke up to 3,000 Telegram DMs, so if you are an employee of Rockstar or Take-Two and are trying to contact me, send me a message containing 2255921988963887575 on Telegram, or you can email me at teapotuberhacker at protonmail.com from your corporate email address. I will try to read all of these and reply soon. I am looking to negotiate a deal. Unexpectedly viral. Unexpectedly viral. Did you, okay, you're leaking 90 minutes or 50 minutes, 90 foot things of footage and clips, 50 minutes of footage of one of the most anticipated games of the decade. And you're like, it went unexpectedly viral. No, it didn't go unexpectedly viral. You knew what was going to happen. Now, negotiating a deal uh yeah that that uh now you're going not just into espionage but now you're going into blackmail uh so depending on where you are you may want to be very careful about negotiating that deal
Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, as Sherry Mass just says that they want to see the world burn. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what they do it for the lulls. Like they don't have any ulterior motive for the most part. They just do it because they can. Uh, and you know, why not stick it to the man? You got to realize take two interactive is a giant corporation. They are the man, uh, rockstar games. They are the man. They are the, they are the machine that everybody is raging against. So that's why they're a target like this. Fifth Dream says, I don't see how this hurts anything whatsoever. And and I, I've heard that from a lot. And also, uh, 13X Forever wants, wanted to say on our Discord, and 13X Forever can't be here on Sunday nights because of time zones. How do they work? But uh, they do say, contrary to popular belief, having source code does not significantly increase the chance of finding bugs and exploits. Modern disassembling and decompiling tools have bridged that gap some years ago. And 13X Forever is somebody who has more knowledge about that uh, scene than I do. Uh but I, I can see why maybe having the source code makes it a little bit easier because the variable names may be more descriptive. I don't know if the decompilers of today can do the descriptive uh, variable names. A lot of times the decompilers I've used in the past, which may not be the ones they use today. I haven't used a decompiler in many, many, many years. Uh, wouldn't actually name the variables. They're named like A, B, C, D. So you still have to try to translate what things might be called, the methods might be called. Whereas if you have the actual source code, you actually see fire bullet as the name of the method and so you know what it does instead of trying to figure out what it does so uh where this possibly can can be hurt is the gta online because if you have the source code to the online games which it sounds like this person actually has because uh they got the gta 5 source code as well if they have that source code then that breaks that game wide open for modders and hackers because now they can just inspect the source and see things that maybe they didn't see in their decompiler uh, and be able to basically break that game wide open. So that is really the problem. It's not necessarily the footage being out there, although what winds up happening is people will look at that footage and if they don't see that in the main game, they'll be like, well, the, the footage I saw earlier was better. And, and, you know, it, it's going to set expectations or, you know, people are like, well, it doesn't look all that good. Uh, apparently, the, uh, the, the footage is two years old. So if you did see any of that video, uh, which I am not obviously not showing here, uh, but if you did see that video, realize it's, pro it's two-year-old video. So the game even today doesn't look like it did then because he's he pulled old files, old video. He doesn't have the current version of anything. He probably doesn't even have the current version of the source code. He has the source code as it existed a year or two ago. Dark Tazia says, I'm just waiting for Take-Two to kick down his door and drag him out or whatever the legal equivalent would be in this situation. The issue is with that is uh, the jurisdiction. Where is this hacker located? Uh, if the hacker is located in uh, certain countries, that can't happen because it's an American company. And there are certain countries in the world that would be like, ha ha, you took it to an American country. Good job, kid. And they're not going to take, you know, turn them over or anything like that. So uh, there are plenty of places in the world that would actually be like, hey, good job. Take it to those capitalists. So, uh, and also QuestBuster says there are a ton of placeholders everywhere in the footage, even reused assets from GTA 5, which people who don't understand how game development works will look at that and say, oh, they're lazy. 
they're just they're reusing things from GTA 5. Rockstar, they're lazy developers. Those assets aren't going to be in GTA 6, but they were using them to do rapid prototypes of uh, of systems that they were going to be implementing in GTA 6 before the art department gets involved. But people would say just say, "Oh, well they're just lazy." Because obviously the people who are programming the systems are also the same people that are the artists. As Sharon Matt says, look at take two stock price tomorrow and the rest of the market. Yeah, it will be a problem. Uh, investors will see this as a huge problem. So uh, my heart does go out to the developers because it kind of sucks to see like stuff that you're working on get leaked early. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're gonna still going to see Grand Theft Auto 6 just like we still saw Half-Life 2 after that source was leaked. Um, you know, we saw The Last of Us Part 2 stuff was leaked early and that game still came out. So it's going to blow over. It's going to be basically a footnote on the Wikipedia page. Uh, and But uh, it sucks for them right now. And um, they're, they're going to have some... some it's it's going to be pretty depressing at the Rockstar offices for the next couple weeks. So... Uh, <laughs> uh, more sad news in the world of uh, of of PC gaming. Well, well, the happy news is that uh, uh, blockchain mining and 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 blockcoin, uh, Bitcoin, and Ethereum mining, uh, it's not profitable anymore. So you're gonna be, it's gonna be real easy for you to get a good gaming GPU pretty darn soon, except for one of the companies that makes them is no longer going to make them. GameSpot reports that ahead of NVIDIA's GTC 2022 keynote next week, where the company is expected to announce its new 40 series consumer GPUs manufacturer EVGA, has announced that it is terminating its relationship with NVIDIA and exiting the GPU market. The massive business shift, which was confirmed to EVGA on its forums, has been broken down in a detailed report by Gamers Nexus, who spoke directly to EVGA CEO Andrew Hahn to get the details of the split. According to Hahn, NVIDIA has been difficult to work with for some time now. Like all other GPU board partners, EVGA is only told the price of new products when they're revealed to everyone on stage, making planning difficult when launches occur soon after. NVIDIA also has tight control over the pricing of GPUs, limiting what partners can do to differentiate themselves in a competitive market. Furthermore, Han was critical of how NVIDIA routinely undercuts its own partners with its Founders Edition cards, which offer identical products at discount prices that partners are barred from matching. This has resulted in some massive losses for EVGA, with Han stating that the RTX 3080 and higher GPUs lost the company hundreds of dollars with each sale. Um, EVGA has also established a pattern of producing more stock than it can sell. Uh, leading to losses when a new generation is being prepared for launch. This occurred during the 20 series and the current 30 series with the recent cryptocurrency crash and eradication of Ethereum mining contributing to the issue even more. Speaking further to Han, the publication also learned that the CEO wants to spend more time with his family and feels that the way NVIDIA conducts business is no longer worth the time he has to spend away from them. That leaves the company in a strange position, though. With 250 employees, many people are dependent on EVGA continuing business, but without GPU manufacturing, it has lost 80% of its total revenue stream. Han made it clear that there are no plans to sell the company and no plans to manufacture GM, uh, GPUs for AMD or Intel, but claims that job losses will be minimal. It's difficult to see how that can be true. The company is now likely in search of a whole new purpose as it continues to produce power supplies and various other PC accessories. EVGA will continue to sell its remaining 30-series stock, which it believes will run out by the end of 2022. Reserve stock is being kept to fulfill any RMA requests, while warranties will still be honored by the company as long as they're valid for. Uh, so I guess my question now to the hive mind. 
I don't actually know the answer to this question. I'm actually asking this for my chat. Um, I have uh, a, a, a RTX 3060 Ti, which is all I could get at the time, and it was so I could build my new computer. I want to get a 3080 or something higher. Should I try to go get an EVGA now, or should I really just stay away from the EVGA brand? Because if they're trying to sell off their inventory, I might be able to get one at a good price. Um, because I do want to actually have a 3080 or higher in this machine. I don't want a 3060 in it. Uh, I just, the 3060 is the only thing that was available to me at the time. And I really wanted to build this machine. Um, so I guess like, and, and Tiger Claw says it depends on the price. Um, I'm not too worried about the price. Uh, I'm more worried about like, is it going to like, am I going to regret next year having an EVGA card? even though I know they say they're going to be honoring warranties and all that stuff, but is it like, is driver support going to be worse? I, I actually don't know. I, and that's why I'm literally asking the question. So if, if you're listening on the podcast feed, you can uh, contact me on uh, our discord, vognetwork.com slash discord, or you can, uh, you can contact me on Twitter. Just send me a tweet or, um, or, or, or stuff. So, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. Um, but I am happy that they're, the crypto crash is making it so uh, the crypto miners don't want GPUs anymore so I can get a new card. Uh, or, or should I just ha- wait for a 40 series? Should I just wait for that? I don't know. Because uh, is it going to be easier to get a 40 series now that crypto miners aren't going to be bu- buying them all up? I don't know. Mike Def says, I think it's going to be a wait and see scenario. I guess. I guess so. S. Matt says, yeah, NVIDIA are total control freaks with their info and their partners. There's also word that NVIDIA is very petty in general. So them saying they have no plans to go to AMD means they're still leaving the door open to work with NVIDIA in the future. Uh, good luck to the employees that are at EVGA that all they know about is making GPUs and having to do something else. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting transition. And then the last story that I'm going to talk about this week uh, is, is um, VR. Uh, so pot culture can drink. We have a drinking game. Whenever I talk about VR, we we do that. And I guess whenever we talk about speed running, I talk uh, we drink too. I don't know. Uh, but uh, PSVR one is uh, on the way out. PSVR two is coming in. So this is PlayStation VR. They announced uh, they gave more details about the PSVR two for the PlayStation five. And one of the things that they talked about was that uh, it's not going to be backwards compatible with the PSVR 1. Kotaku reports that while early impressions of the PSVR 2 praise a wide variety of features as well as the overall quality of the experience, one feature that won't be making it to Sony's new PS5 exclusive headset is backwards compatibility. The company's VR titles from the last generation will be staying there. In the most recent episode of the official PlayStation podcast, Hideki Nishino, Senior Vice President of Platform Experience at PlayStation, talked about the standout features and development saga of designing and building the new VR headset for the PS5. Asked directly about whether last-gen VR titles will be playable on the new headset, Nishido said uh, that, quote, PSVR games are not compatible with PSVR 2 because PSVR 2 is designed to deliver a truly next-generation VR experience, unquote. Unquote. Uh, Nishino highlighted the advanced feature set of the PSVR 2 as the apparent reason for this, specifically the haptic feedback-ready controllers with adaptive triggers, as well as inside-out tracking and eye tracking, among others. Quote, developing games for PSVR 2 requires a whole different approach than the original PSVR, unquote. Now, a lot of people are going to say that's a cop-out. 
Now, one of the things that I do with the, the reason I do this show is because I actually have experience with software, software development. I've experienced a lot of this stuff, and I, that's why I have a different view. I hear what he's saying, and to me, it makes sense as a software developer, as somebody who's worked on these VR systems. And it's about level of effort with regards to how to get from one to the other. And the main thing, I know he says the haptic feedback controllers and adapt triggers. That's actually not the problem. That's easy. That's the easy part. It's the tracking. So PSVR 2, it has what we call inside-out tracking with no external camera. So the cameras are in the headset and they're looking out. This is how the MetaQuest 2 will, it works, uh, where the cameras are in the headset and they look out and they scan the environment. Whereas PSVR 1 uses the PlayStation Eye camera, which is also how the original Oculus Rift worked. It had a camera, that it had an infrared camera. The uh, Valve Index and the HTC Vive, they have uh, sensors that bounce off. With the PSVR 2, it's all inside. Now, the PSVR 1 had a camera, and it had the lighted move controllers and the lights. So when you were developing your game you were looking at the position of those lights and you were handling the drift that would happen because of that setup. It's an inferior setup than inside-out uh, tracking that they have now. But your entire data pipeline, when you're developing your game for PSVR, is based around those lights and it's based around that camera tracking. Tracking in with inside-out is completely different. It is a completely different data pipeline. It is There is no one-to-one -one mapping for it. Uh, and you can probably say, yes, with enough work. I mean, honestly, a say, saying in software, anything is possible is just a matter of time and money. Is it worth the time and money to make some kind of emulator that will intercept that entire data pipeline and give the correct information that may not even have any analogy. There's no lights anymore with the PSVR 2. There's no drift cancellation anymore with the PSVR 2, but all the games that are made for PSVR 1 all have that and are all looking for that. So you would have to rewrite that entire portion from scratch. There's very different sensors. They send very different information. So that's why they say it's it's not they're not going to be supporting it because that takes a lot of effort. Now, what's going to happen is they're going to have an upgrade path where the software developers, so the makers of Tetris Effect, the makers of Beat Saber, where they will have an upgrade path where they can update their code to work with the new sensors. So they're not saying you're not going to have Beat Saber on PSVR 2. You absolutely are going to have Beat Saber on PSVR 2. It's just going to be up to the Beat Saber developers to make that happen, not Sony. So uh, this is the same thing that happened from PS3 to PS4. The fundamental architecture changed. And it is not, there is not a one-to-one -one correlation from the cell processor that they were using in the PS3 to the standard processor that they're using on the PS4 and the PS5. That's why the PS5 can play the PS4 games, because the architecture is basically the same. But the PS3 architecture is so vastly different 
that it's not worth the time and money to build a proper emulator to be able to emulate the games correctly. And it's going to be the same thing here with the PSVR 1 and 2. So while it sucks, uh, and and it is kind of a downer, as a software developer who has worked on some of these technologies... Uh, I get it, and I see why it happens. Uh, This is not the first time this has happened in VR or AR. Uh, The HoloLens 2 is not backwards compatible with the HoloLens 1. Uh, The new HoloLens, um, it does not use any of the same code base as the HoloLens 1. So you cannot run HoloLens 1 apps on your HoloLens 2. You can't run HoloLens 2 apps on your HoloLens 1. Um, and because they vastly changed the architecture underneath, and there's no point, and at least in the HoloLens case, there's no point in emulating because not many people had the HoloLens one. It was never, it, it never actually released to consumers. And the HoloLens 2 never really released to consumers either, but it's actually in use in like businesses. So it is out, it is outside of the development playground. So that's why they're doing it it's not a cop-out it's not because they're lazy it's because they looked at the time and money it would take to have the the playstation translate and all that moving parts and would it be a good experience it would actually might be a crappy emulation and then you would be complained that the emulation was crappy so they're like we're not going to do it sony's not going to do it it's going to be up to the software developers to change their uh, their tracking, how they interpret the tracking to work with the new system, and then it'll work great. I do understand that, like in VR, this in PC VR, this isn't an issue because a lot of them use what's called OpenXR, which is kind of an open platform for VR. And so, uh, VR headsets that have inside-out tracking work with the same software with headsets that use uh, the camera tracking, but that's because they actually have uh, all of that working together kind of like how DirectX works with every video card and sound card, and you don't have to make specific drivers. They're not there with the PSVR yet. As Sharon Matt says, someone should just make a remaster HDFI upgrade import button for development so we can just get everything we want when we want it and how we want it. Yes, Uh, because obviously, you know, now that Unity is out there and you can get Unity and you can download it for free, you know that there's just a little button and you drop down, you go to file and you go to build and you hit build target and it's got all the things. And obviously all you got to do is just change the build target and hit compile and it's all done, right? That's it's the easy button. So, uh, yeah, if GTA 6 didn't get leaked, we would have had a music break. It would have been a Sui Coden music break and everything. It would have been great. But we're not going to do that. Um, so uh, we are going to uh, also not be taking calls. I apologize because we are up to time. Uh, so nobody was sitting in the green room. But someday we're going to have green room calls again. Someday people will stop having news happen. Right? Uh, but coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash Vogue Network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do, and we like to check in with them and see what's going on there uh, and and stuff. So, uh, Sacramento, are you there? I am here, Bobby. How are you? Uh, I am doing well. So how are you going to be celebrating the anniversary of my 29th birthday in 2023? <laughs> uh, in many ways who knows mm-hmm. who knows <laughs> you gonna have any tears for any kingdoms or anything um maybe i'll actually finally beat like a dragon seven before eight comes out maybe that's how i'll celebrate your birthday thank you thank you, thank you so much 
Uh, so yeah, so there, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, games gotten announced this week. Like there, this, these are not rumors to speculation. It, it's new games. Uh, what what is the game you're excited most for, and why is it Theater Rhythm? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm honestly jazzed about Theatrhythm uh, as well. I'll probably be part of the problem getting that $100 set or whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, that that was probably the big one that caught my attention as well, to be honest. Yeah. I was hoping they might get into some Metroid announcements because mm-hmm. I've been waiting for those for a while. But um, I guess it's just not the year. Well, they they and they always say they're like we're concentrating on games that are coming out. Like it was supposed to be mostly games that were coming out in the winter of this year, but there were a lot of games that were twenty twenty three in there. So Which is, it's yeah. kind of typical that you mm-hmm. you know around E three time, or I guess now it's Tokyo Game Show yeah. time. Uh, we're getting the announcements for early next year. It does it does make yeah. sense. And um, there was still no F zero. Nope, still no F zero. No Mario Kart nine, which has been rumored forever too. Yeah. But well, we with still a have DLC pack. Yeah, yeah, probably. We- not as urgent. Yeah, we still have like three more waves of tracks for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, did Goldeneye age well? Um, well, it's funny because they released that version on the Wii. Uh, you know, God, when was that? Probably like 2010, I think, mm-hmm. was the E3 I'd played that at. And I think people forgot that that one came out. And it was uh, it was all right. Like, you know, the you know, some people would say eh, it lacks something from the original. Yeah, you being a child is what yeah. it lacked. Um, it, you know, I, I think we were a little more forgiving of some of the retro games. I, 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 I think you are right that most people are going to check this out and then be like oh was that the game i really loved okay cool cool yeah because because i've actually have played it because i've got you know an n64 and i've been able to get i'm like oh here's the golden eye cartridge let me pop it in Mm -hmm. and try to play it and Mm -hmm. and the key word there is try to play it because we're so used to the modern way of controlling first person shooters which really debuted with halo Mm -hmm. and that's not how golden eye controls Right. And so, but we didn't know any better. Like Goldeneye mm-hmm. started the conversation, and then Halo basically finished the conversation, and that's how we've been controlling first-person shooters since. And so, I think it's going to be a wake-up call to people who remember it as a kid, and going back and being like, "Wait a minute, this isn't this isn't how it controls." That's why, honestly, Nintendo is probably actually releasing it the right way by doing it through their um, retro, you know, their online, you know, plus thing to try to get some more subs on that, because I think people will kind of play that and then be over it and move on to the next thing. Um, So I and if most people on the Xbox side are going to end up getting that game for free, Rare Replay, they gave it away at one point. So there's, you know, if you don't have Xbox Game Pass, you probably still had Rare Replay at some point. So most people on the Xbox side are going to end up getting that game for free anyway. So it's, uh, you know, it's it's a little bit of a gimme. Yeah, I didn't know if it was going to be part of Rare Replay or not, because I actually bought Rare Replay before Mm -hmm. it was free. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, I know they said it was part of Rare Replay. I'm like, so is it really a part of like the Rare Replay game that I bought many, many years ago? Or is it, are they just putting it under the Rare Replay banner? And like, I, that's, that part wasn't th- clear to me. No, they didn't make it clear if they're actually going to go back and edit Rare Replay to include the game in the gallery and all those little mini features. They just said, if you own Rare Replay, you'll get this too. So it might just be something that kind of triggers as an addition. Because I think, if I remember right, when you put the disc in, it still triggers some of those games to yes. download. It's Yeah, so it'll probably do the same thing for yeah, GoldenEye, the, and that'll probably way, be what it The what way it, it worked is that the main Rare Replay had all of the early games. So, mm-hmm. like, a lot of their early stuff, their 80s and 90s, the stuff that it triggered to download was their Xbox 360 titles. Yep. 
and that's so I all like the, uh, that's their Viva Pinata and all the games they made for the 360. Um, but in the actual Rear Replay app was the stuff that was they even had some N64 games in there and stuff. So I think they would probably if they, if they were keeping it the same way, they would put it in there. But also mm. that was basically just a ROM dump what they yeah. were doing in there. And if this is going to have updated visuals, this may be a, you know, a separate title that's right. just part of the rare replay. But I don't know if it's available to anybody who ha- bought a rare replay or if it's just people who are on game pass and they're just calling it rare replay because that's the brand. Well, I think they wouldn't have called out rare replay at all if it wasn't going to be open to the people that actually bought it. Cause they would have just kept it as a game pass thing. So yeah. there definitely has to be some type of tie in with rare replay itself. So, as Sharon Amat says, wait, nobody told me this was a Model T. I wanted a 70 sports car experience. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, uh, this was a very, very slow news week, obviously. Mm. So, what else are you going to be talking about on Orange Songs Radio tonight? Ooh, uh, let's see. Oh, a game that should have gone free a long time ago because there's like $1,000 worth of DLC, no joke, is finally going free. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, ooh, some layoffs in the industry. I uh, probably would have talked about this if you had a little more time yeah. on the media front, not uh, from the uh, – yeah. a, a couple of media companies having layoffs this week yeah. uh, as well. So that's definitely big in the industry. And uh, – uh, I, I'm surprised this game isn't going to lead to some layoffs. Maybe it did over in Japan. I don't know. But um, Babylon's Fall, oof, mm. oof. That's all I have to say, oof. And uh, yeah. it, it definitely hit the ground uh, this week, and we'll talk about that. All right. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. Come join us and interact with the show directly. Uh, I am uh, on Twitter at Bobby Blackwolf, Instagram at Bobby Blackwolf, uh, and on Twitch at Bobby Blackwolf. I didn't stream it all this week. I, I'm, you know, I got kind of burnt out a little bit on Disney Dreamlight Valley because I had a quest that I needed to complete, but I needed to enter the person's house, but the person was sleeping. And was always sleeping whenever I was playing. And anyway, uh, I'm going to probably try to pick it up again this week. But I am on Twitch at Bobby Blackwolf, and I might be streaming a little bit more because uh, we talked about how Ayudin Chronicles spurned uh, Konami to talk about Suicoden. Well, the new Monkey Island game coming out meant that a Kickstarter game I backed 10 years ago finally came out. Space Venture by the two guys from Andromeda. They made the Space Quest series. They released their game. It's apparently, it's a very buggy mess, and even their walkthrough that they give you doesn't help. Uh, so maybe I will try that on stream because I paid for it 10 years ago, so I have it now. Um, so if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who doesn't know about it yet. But we would not be able to make... Uh, make the, any of this show work without the help of the chatters who do go above and beyond, which all we ask is that you listen uh, and download. That is all we really need. But Mike Deft, thank you for your resubscription. Uh, 45 months is what he, what he put in his uh, comment. So, yes, we've been on Twitch for 45 months now. Uh, and I've uh, loved just about every minute of it. And I will leave it at that. Uh, I'm going to hit the button uh, that says uh, we're going to leave the show now. There we go. There's the button. All right. Uh, don't have any big news come out this week. Give, give us give us a breather. Give us a breather. I'll see you next week. Bye. A winner is you. 
The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.